Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I am your host for the one time in a long time, Michael Noen, because Steve McCutcheon is not here today and he's attending an HOA meeting. Um, I have my two co-hosts with me, two co-hosts, excuse me, Vito Anazelli and a very, very special guest returning to the show for what is it? The third time? The fourth time? I've kind of lost track at this point. I we think have... it's four now. Four? All yeah, right. I think it's four. All right. We have Larry Henry Jr. returning back onto the show. Larry, welcome back to talk about some U.S. men's national team friendlies and a preview of the World Cup coming up. Larry, how's life? Yeah, guys, everything's good. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, engaged now since we last spoke. So uh, definitely uh, excited, you know, to be in that chapter of life. And um, yeah, I'm excited for the wedding nervous for the wedding and it's not even we're still a year and a half away so are um, you more nervous for the wedding or for the u.s and the world cup you can uh, be honest yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know man uh if this was the if this was the final roster I, i'd be picking the u.s but uh, <laughs> you know yeah i luckily we still have some time for till then we got some guys that are injured hopefully to get back at it but um yeah i'm definitely definitely excited to be back with you guys talk about the u.s national team uh always uh always excited for when these friendlies come up see some new faces in there some some old faces some faces that i still scratch my head why they're there um mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll get into that but um yeah glad to be back with you guys again and, and glad to have some u.s men's national team uh, action coming up in the next week oh yeah on a side note too did you end up are you gonna end up purchasing a, a ticket for the premier league fan festival coming up in philly uh i yeah man i actually um i did rsvp uh for both days uh, i think i'm only going to the saturday uh schedule because uh sunday uh funny enough my cousin um is getting married at the eagles cowboys tailgate what? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming no. at all. Wait, wait a second. What? Yeah, so my, my uh, funny. I, it's actually a cool story. When when I'll get into it, it's just my my cousin Ryan. Uh, about Ryan Oman. Um, you know he's getting married at the tailgate, and his fiance he met her at this same tailgate. Uh, it's called Green Legion. They have a podcast. Uh, that actually helps out with the radio station I work with, Fox Sports The Gambler. Um, so they met each other at this tailgate in Tampa fought like four or five years ago. So their that tailgate group is actually like sponsoring the event, like hosting it. Uh, Irving Fryers actually marrying them, uh, you know, the former Eagles wide receiver. So uh, I hope like cool. they get some serious publicity from the Eagles for this. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it was it's it's funny, and they even said like that that's them in a nutshell. Like they they love Philly sports. Um, they they think that'd be awesome to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and what better way than against the Eagles' biggest rival in Dallas? Um, mm. I'm surprised that like half of my Dallas Cowboys relatives are going. Uh, they're, they're not, not wearing their. They're, they're not wearing their uniforms that they were specifically told to wear either green, gray, I think black or white. So I think they're all going to be wearing right. any color that's yeah. not green. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it'll be cool. Uh, I know he shouted out Meek Mill because he I think Meek Mill put something on social media that he wanted to play a wedding, perform at a wedding for Dreams and Nightmares 10 year anniversary uh, in in October. So he, my cousin, you know, tagged him on Instagram, Twitter. I think yeah. I might've shared it. Uh, Cause Meek Bill might've answered me once on like a Q and a like years ago, <laughs> thinking that maybe he would answer again. Uh, no, no such luck yet, but uh, fingers crossed. Uh, would love to see Meek Mill uh, at the game, but um, yeah, it should be fun, but I will, to get back to it uh yeah i will be at the premier league fan festival on that saturday i'm going with a, a work buddy of mine who's a big liverpool fan mm. uh so uh we're definitely excited because i remember i was really pumped up the last time it was supposed to come and then COVID hit mm. uh it's definitely going to be a going to be yeah. a crazy weekend because Philly's just got a, a great soccer fan base premier league fan base um hopefully get a picture with the trophy and maybe some of the the uh 
you know, the analyst, Tim Howard and those guys. So it should be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, yep. I think I already have my alarm set for 2 a.m. today because I know, <laughs> yeah. you know it's going to be a madhouse getting here. Yeah, I went, uh, I went last year to the one in Los Angeles. So piece of advice, get there a little bit early because the lines get long. But for anyone who hasn't had a chance to visit and you can go in Philly, pictures with the Premier League trophies, they got cutouts of everybody. There's beer flowing nonstop. Uh, I don't think there's any food, but I mean, it's, that's, it's, that's it's a hell of a time. No food. Hey, like that's, is that legal? It up. <laughs> anyway so let's get let's get back to the united states men's national team we know the roster dropped but right before that we know that the jerseys came out um have you guys had a chance to look at them what were your kind of initial thoughts for me <laughs> it seemed like a classic player to the nike playbook they reminded me of tottenham's jerseys especially the white ones with the, the cut around the neck so i like the blue ones personally for that matter <laughs> but um any thoughts on those because i know we've always had some unique ones over the years yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I think they look like training kits that have been designed by like my <laughs> eight-year-old brother. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like they had four years to figure this out just to kind of drop that. I don't know what they were thinking, how they were kind of going about the design. I I'm kind of upset with it to be frank, but maybe they're just holding out for 2026 to drop some absolute fuego jerseys. Um, and they just wanted to keep that in the vault for the time yeah. being. It, it might be time to switch to Adidas. <laughs> i was not a fan of the the i like the blue one the white one um yeah like like mike said the they look like training kits um i saw like fan groups like putting together better ideas in their time than what u.s soccer did um like with like red white and blue or like you know like mm -hmm. stripes and stuff um but yeah i was definitely disappointed i don't think i'm gonna buy one of them just because how much, how much they yeah. are for the the crappy design, you yeah. know. So the U.S. Soccer Federation price gouging their consumers? Never. Oh, no, never. <laughs> never. First time I heard that. <laughs> All right, but onto some more serious stuff. We got the roster drop for September. Um, Larry, I mean, we we talked about it a little bit pre-show here. It was a little a little confusion, but a little excitement at the same time. What you kind of make of? Um, your initial your initial thoughts on the roster that Greg put out for September. Overall, I mean, um, it definitely hurt not having some of the key guys that I think are going to be, um, you know, leaders of this team like long term. There, Eunice uh, uh -huh. Musa, uh, Anthony Robinson, uh, just a uh -huh. few of the guys that missed out from injuries. Zach Steffen, um, I know he obviously had a knee problem that um, you know was able to start the match. Uh, last I think yeah last yeah, weekend for Middlesbrough. um yeah. for Middlesbrough but yeah. a little too late and I think it's it's better for him to get back and stay healthy and, and not risk injuring himself long term um but looking at the roster I think a lot of the usual uh candidates are there uh Weston McKinney Christian Pulisic um Serginio Dest uh Walker Zimmerman um I, I thought that uh you know, getting Giorena back in there was huge. Um, playing more minutes now for Dortmund, uh, mm -hmm. you know, making an impact a few weeks ago with the the two assist game. Josh Sargent having a great run of form with Norwood City, uh, mm -hmm. helping them up the table. So I think that's huge for him. Um, Ricardo Pepe, I was a bit surprised mm -hmm. only because I know that Greg Berhalter obviously really likes his style of play and he fits the system. Um, but prior to the last two weeks, he hadn't really offered anything for Augsburg uh, in the Bundesliga and then gets the loan to the Netherlands. He gets an assist on his debut. Now he gets a goal. So that's huge for him. It's confidence. And, and yes, I, I kind of see the reason bringing him in. He's riding some confidence. Let's, let's try to get him getting even more confidence before this um, crucial period uh, before the final roster. Um, so overall, I think, pretty much expected with a lot of these guys um again bummer to see you know some guys drop out of it uh Cameron Carter Vickers Chris Richards uh Carter Vickers is playing you know exceptionally well for Celtic Chris Richards mm -hmm. hasn't played a lot for Crystal Palace but again a guy that a lot of people were kind of penciling in is like the, you know the starting center back when the you know for the U.S. long term and it's especially in 2026 so um yeah, so yeah overall I think a good mix of guys there a lot of position battles still up for grabs the goalkeeper position the number nine position I think the center backs those are the do three you, that really stand out to me 
Mike, I think you had noted earlier in the and when we were talking, um, Berhalter kind of made a, a cue that four spots are open for grab. Now, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that those are probably not four starting positions up for grabs, but four spots in the roster in general. Where do you guys think those land? Because for me, I think one of those is probably going to be in the goalkeeper position, similar to what, Larry, you were just saying, and uh, whether or not um, maybe Stefan's up for the cut, and then who goes down, Horvath or Johnson. I'd imagine it's Johnson. And then for me, I think two of those four have to be in the four positions. I'm really surprised to see Jordan Morris and Ricardo Pepe in this lineup and P folk snubbed. I, I mean, for me, I think P folk got to be the biggest snub. I, is there anyone other than him that you guys put in that category? I mean, looking at um, like the, at least the spots for grabs. Um, I do think that Stefan's going to get back in there. Uh, Johnson's mm. the odd man out, even though he's playing more consistently and has been. Um, I think the way I looked at it uh, was the four spots up for grabs. I had one at the fullback position. I had um, Joe Scally is a guy who um, I don't know if he's actually locked his spot in. I know he's been playing really well for Gladbach in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. but he hasn't had all that time with the national team. And and um, I don't know if, if he plays well in this camp and gets his opportunities, I still don't think he's locked in. You know what I mean? You, I still think. Do you think he comes in for like a Yedlin, or do you think he compliments Yedlin to be like that fourth tier fullback, that fourth place fullback to like be versatile on the left or the right? Yeah, I, I think exactly that because mm-hmm. Scally's mm-hmm. played mainly as a right back with Globach this season, but he can also play the left side. I know he kind of was forced into that role last season um, when they had some injuries. So obviously the versatility is key. Dest Dest could play both sides if needed as well. I think when you look at the fullbacks, like my top four fullbacks right now, you have Dest, Anthony Robinson, um, DeAndre Edlin, and Joe Scally. And I know a lot of people say, well, we want to see the young guys in there, but DeAndre Edlin's actually, you know, been in a world cup. He has experience. Um, He'd be great to have there. So I think those are the four guys um, at the fullback position right now. Uh, Sam Vines is a guy who's obviously going to push to get in there um, as well. So I think this camp is huge for him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other spots up for grabs, I had uh, one at the center back position. I, I I gave that to Mark McKenzie because he's played extremely well for Genk in the Belgian league. Um, you know, stepped right in following a transfer to John Lukimi and has helped Genk to second right now in the league. They're, they're on a great unbeaten run. Um, you know, good pass around the back, wins his duels. Uh, confidence is high right now in, in a really competitive league. And I think these added opportunities will only help him going forward. Um, and then the other two spots I just had up for grabs. One was being uh, at the forward position, like you guys had hinted. Uh, I think Josh Sargent, because I don't know if Sargent is officially locked in um, because obviously, you know, last season wasn't the best for him. And we see him got to go through spurts. Um, can he kind of keep this up for Norwich City uh, mm-hmm. in the grueling championship schedule. He's going to be playing a lot of games. Can he stay mm-hmm. healthy? Um, but I think he's a guy that definitely, um, you know, will be in the mix. And then <laughs> uh, Malik Tillman was the other one I had because, um, you know, he's been fun to watch in the, the Scottish Premier League uh, premiership with Celtic, uh, with uh, Rangers, excuse me, um, helping them get in the Champions League. He's playing a lot of games. He's versatile, can mm-hmm. play a bunch of different positions can play the wing, false nine, midfield. Um, a guy, again, who I know a lot of fans want, think he's kind of a lock right now. I don't think he's a lock because um, the production has dipped a little bit with Rangers. That doesn't mean his performances have been bad, but again, not a lot of experience with the national team, uh, only just made his debut in mm-hmm. June. So yeah. um, I think this is a huge camp for him <laughs> as well. So that was how I broke it up for at least the positions. I think the goalkeeper positions, once Stefan's back, I think you're. It's easily going to be uh, Turner, Stefan, and Horvath for those three spots, and Johnson being the odd man out. Yeah, yeah. That that midfield right now is really tough to break into, regardless of how well Malik Tillman's doing. I mean, if there's one area that the team is just just flush with depth, it's that midfield role there with McKenney, Eunice, Musa, Tyler Adams, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, and there's no way Kellen Acosta is going anywhere at this point, so <laughs> uh, that's going to be tough for him to break in. 
Yeah. What I'm curious about too is you said Mark McKenzie, and if I remember correctly, the last time we saw him play for the U.S. team, he looked a little shaky in the back. So mm -hmm. him, him in particular, I'd have like some serious eyes on to see if he can help fill that <clears throat> depth role for the U.S. I guess that means in your mind, Aaron Long, would you, would you say is probably going to be that starter next to Walker Zimmerman when it's all said and done? Or do you think it's potentially a, a Chris Richards has an opportunity to take that from him or even someone else from the outside to play in that? Yeah, even that Reem. Center. I don't think Reem is – I think Reem's ship has sailed, man. I think so, Fortunately. too. But, but. Yeah, um, I mean, look at the center backs. Uh, I do think Aaron Long has a case because, obviously, a veteran guy um, has been in Greg's system – now for a couple years um and, and maybe brings a little bit more stability than one of the younger guys like a richards who isn't playing all that much like a mckenzie mm -hmm. um but i don't it's tough to say man because i think zimmerman obviously is your lead guy with miles robinson being out yep. um i think if richards can come back and play regularly for the first team now that's obviously a, a big question because we've only seen him play a little bit with the first team and not really as a starter except for in the league cup against lower league opposition um so i think richards will be there as a depth option i don't think he's going to be starting in a world cup game unless mm -hmm. you know several guys kind of in front of him get hurt um but i do think mckenzie could sneak his way in i think the game you're referring to was the nation's league yep. final against mexico the extra time yeah. Uh, win and he was shaky yeah I remember he was shaky for sure um, obviously big moment for him um, mm -hmm. against Mexico and they got the win uh, I think he's obviously improved since then um, you know was kind of in and out of the squad with gang class he's in one of the starters moves moves to a bigger league he jumps right in and and looking at his stats it's like I, I think I, I I probably tweet his stats out like every week just because he's mm -hmm. he's been really well winning his duels um, you know passing percentage has been like over 90% every game, which is great. Um, and then, um, you know, just, you know, making interceptions, making clearances, the team's getting clean sheets. So I think he could force his way uh, into the mix. Uh, I think Richards might be kind of the odd man out in that um, just because again, the lack of playing time, uh, maybe Carter Vickers gets his, gets him back in there right now. I think if you look at it, if, if, if Carter Vickers healthy, Richards is healthy, I think you have to take Carter Richards over Richards because he's playing he's playing every week for Celtic. Now he's been playing in the Champions League. Richards is only getting opportunities against in League Cup matches, really against lower teams in the in uh, the lower divisions. So uh, maybe Carter Vickers can sneak in. Obviously, he's boosted his stock in the last year, um, but it'll be interesting to see. But I do think, um, like you hinted at, I think Aaron Long might have to be the starter with uh with walker zimmerman yeah <clears throat> i mean what's interesting too is um reggie cannon's in this in this roster as well this time around and he's he's a versatile player right he's, he's playing over in, in portugal right now and he's playing on the right side of a three-back system and he's playing consistently week in week out and obviously greg trusts him because he seems to be bringing him into games at times whether or not substitution or start do you think one of the bigger battles to look for right now in, in this camp is Reggie Cannon and Joe Scally trying to fight it out for that fourth position? And who do you think would have the edge in that scenario? Um, it'll be one to watch for sure. Uh, like you said, Cannon playing uh, as a, basically a third center back in, in Boa Vista's uh, setup in Portugal. But um, it'll be it'll be interesting because Cannon, obviously 27 caps with the national team. Mm -hmm. Scally's only got two. But obviously, Scally, the younger guy with with more long long term potential, and can bring you kind of that versatility playing the right side or the left side. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that we will see Reggie Cannon play obviously in this camp. I mean, I, I, you know why he's here, but I, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm a big Joe Scally fan. Uh, I think he can be a little bit of an X factor in in his way of. Um, being a strong defender, getting in the final third, setting, you know, getting good crosses into the box. Um, I'm not really that sold in, in Reggie Cannon's ability in the final third. Um, when I watched it, it's kind of been, been a little lethargic in, in the way of getting, um, you know, looking for opportunities. He's not really, I think, one to get up there and start swinging crosses into the box like a Dest or even, mm -hmm. you know, like a Yedlin. Uh, but it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I'm really curious where 
Burhalter goes with Joe Scally because he, you know, he knows he can play both sides. He knows Anthony Robinson's, you know, out with an injury. So maybe this is a chance to get him some experience on the left side uh, with Sam Vines, get those guys rotating a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, I do think Cannon will be in the mix. I don't know if he makes the final roster. I know he's been playing tons for, for Boa Vista, but um, again, uh, maybe Burhalter decides to go with a younger guy like Scally. Um, maybe could be a little bit of an X factor, uh, in knockout and, you know, in a knockout tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess switching gears to <clears throat> not just talking about the midfield and the, and the defense, but with this roster, obviously it's good to see one in particular Gio Reyna back. I'm very excited to see him getting him some positive minutes. Hopefully fingers crossed he stays healthy. What I also wanted to touch on too, which I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. The situation with P-Folk, the situation with the secondary strikers who presumably it's going to be Ferreira who's starting at this point. I think we all can probably say that safely. So who fills in those gaps behind him, whether it's Sargent, whether it's P-Folk, Haji, Pepe, whoever that might be. Um, I think there's a pretty strong case to be made for P-Folk. And it was interesting too, to even see like the Bundesliga Twitter account. I don't know if you saw this, Larry, tweet out an entire like almost like five paragraph yeah. MLA style essay where they're like, here's exactly why P-Folk should be in this team. And you'd be crazy to not bring him to the world cup. Um, but I'm wondering from your perspective, it seems like there's maybe a clash of style with what Greg wants P-Folk to be able to do. But from our perspective, can you, and can we afford to not have somebody who's so informed right now as a goal scorer, where we have been lacking throughout the qualifying route stages of the world cup cycle you know, essentially not riding at least in the bench to help be a game changer if needed. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty, uh, pretty idiotic not to have Jordan Peefock there. I mean, just with the form alone, um, his ability, he's a physical striker, um, backs down defenders, wins possession, wins headers, like you said, in great form. Um, so I think that I was shocked, obviously not to see him there. I know Burhalter kind of covered it up a bit with we know we've seen him before we know what he can bring um i know he's he is a different striker than a ferrera than a pepe a guy that you know those guys you know can run in behind sergeant they can run in behind Mm -hmm. p fox not really that but i mean again he's got i think it's four goals now in all competitions three in the bundesliga Mm -hmm. union berlin's top of the bundesliga table um, so he's playing at a high level right now. He overcame a little bit of an injury and got back in the squad, scored last weekend. So um, I think that PFOC definitely deserves to be here in this camp. Um, I'm, again, shocked that he's not there. Um, and overall, like you said, Ferreira's the guy right now, uh, scoring at a high level in MLS. Um, he's been great all season for Dallas. Mm-hmm. But I think in my mind – if I had to pick three, like right now, I was going to ask you who. Yeah, that three it would, would be, be if the world if the World Cup started tomorrow and everyone was healthy. Ferreira, Sargent, Pifal, those three. Is that is that your opinion, or is that you're putting on the Greg hat opinion that that's where Greg? No, that, that's my opinion. I don't I don't know if he goes with it because mm-hmm. he'll probably come up with a reason for Ricardo Pepe or <laughs> um or something like that and and mm-hmm. hey that's fine that that you know Greg's got his I mean Greg's the coach Greg's got his beliefs and all but I think Haji Wright still has a chance he scored a bunch of goals in Turkey I know again it's a it, it's it's a different league a different type of style of play but um you know he's had a he had a great season last year I think deserves another chance. Uh, still honestly shocked that Brandon Vasquez hasn't gotten a chance. Um, I and, think Greg and, stated it was even a little too late to bring in Vasquez just because uh, this would be like the first camp he's bringing him in and it's just too close to the World Cup, which I which I understand, but I do get yeah. where you're coming from too with that. I, I, I like get, I yeah, I get why Greg, Greg went that route and, and stuff, but I'm kind of thinking like, you know, um, you know, it would have been good to obviously have him in the June camp. I think he was fighting a little bit of an injury then, uh, mm-hmm. Vasquez. So obviously timing, yeah, is key and you would love to have him there. Um, and I know Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati has a game over the international break and uh, against Seattle and they're still fighting for MLS playoff spot for the first yeah. time. So, um, so there's a lot of things, uh, with it, but I think, um, if it was me and, uh, you know, world cup started next week, I'm going PFOC, Ferreira, Sergeant, 
you got three different types of guys, three guys that do a lot of good things well, um, mm. bring something different. Uh, I know Ricardo Pepe's had <laughs> two good performances in the past year, but mm-hmm. that just doesn't do it for me. And I know. I, uh, I yeah, agree I, with you. It's it's a little yeah. too late at this point. Not when not when Pete Folk and uh, Haji Wright and and uh, Josh Sargent are shipping in goals at the moment. Right, right. It's just you know, and um, but hey, we still have time. Hopefully, again, hopefully, knock on wood, everyone stays healthy. Um, can can keep scoring goals. And and hey, if Ricardo Pepe goes in the next you know month and mm-hmm. racks in a bunch of goals uh, in the uh, in the Dutch league, Berhalter said he they think he can be a dominant force there. Um, let's see if he can do it. He's had two good performances already. He hasn't been able to play ninety minutes yet, but again, hopefully you know can get up to that. Um, you know, with fitness in this camp. It's funny. Two things on a side note. One, when the whole Pepe transfer saga was going down, I know Vito and I were very big proponents of him being in the Dutch league in particular, because we thought he would excel there. Uh, Specifically when he was linked to Ajax, we really wanted him to go there, but obviously alas, he did what he did. Now he's there. Um, But secondly, to the piece with Brandon Vasquez in particular, I think it, the, I don't know if this is one of those sliding door glass moments with him as well. Cause I know he's a dual national or even a, a tri, a tri national. Is that, is that how you would say it No, Or is it just a duel with Mexico? No, it's just dual. Yeah. But I, it'd be interesting to see what Mexico does with him too. If they have an opportunity to maybe call him up after the world cup or what team is able to get to him prior to, you know, I guess the world after the world cup ending and maybe include them into like that camp and, to your point, Larry, like maybe even including him in that June camp could have helped lock him down for the U.S. in the future. Maybe that could be a moment where it's like, oh, crap, we messed up by not including him into that just to give him make him feel part of that team and a part of that squad. Right. Yeah, I think that'll be could, again, could be a situation like that where after the World Cup, Mexico comes knocking for him because mm-hmm. um, they definitely Mexico definitely needs attacking help. It mm-hmm. can't just be Raul Jimenez. And I know yeah. he hasn't had the best of luck with obviously that, that serious head injury he had uh, a, mm-hmm. a while back uh, with wolves, but um, you know, yeah, that, that, you know, we've seen it happen so many times with the U S and Mexico battling for dual mm-hmm. nationals, uh, you know, just recently and, and all. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's a bummer not to see Brandon Vasquez there, but I understand Greg's, reasoning for it but again he, he's been one of the best strikers in mls uh this season and, and a big part on why fc cincinnati's having you know their best season uh in mls but yeah. um you know we'll see how it goes i'm, I'm hoping he gets a chance because it's one of the there's never like any of those moments when you look at these guys and say man i wish that guy had a chance and then you know <laughs> it never does i know Anyway, moving on to the friendlies we have coming up. USA played Japan on Friday in, I believe it's Dusseldorf, Germany, if I'm not mistaken. And then they play Saudi Arabia in Spain. The real question on everyone's mind, how many bounce passes does Greg make? Are there, how many are behind the back and how many are just overhead? Over, under, minus two. Can we bet on this? <laughs> two. <laughs> about it. I, I wrote in my notes i had uh yeah i had over two minus 150 because <laughs> uh, we, know, we know greg likes to spice things up a little bit and uh get in on the action uh so yeah i think i think you'll you'll i think that'll hit both games yeah, that's why he's not bringing people he's hoping to lace up himself <laughs> right um, better, hit, but better, I, better hit better hit the weights yeah. but seriously when you look at the opponents that the u.s have faced and we kind of touched on this a, a while back um but japan saudi arabia from both of your perspectives what are the initial gut reactions of facing these two opponents um where do you think they can provide a, a test for this u.s squad i think uh i mean starting with uh Pan, I think obviously the the tougher team, um, a lot more, you know, experienced players, guys that you know we've heard of that have a lot of experience. Uh, it's funny when you compare the two rosters, right? Because Saudi Arabia, everybody in the roster plays domestically in that mm-hmm. country, and mm-hmm. and and every player that's been called up to a Saudi Arabia camp in the last year has played their domestic, uh, you know soccer in that country mm-hmm. but when you look at japan i mean it, it it's i think there's five guys six guys in the japan camp who played domestically in mm-hmm. in japan um, i was surprised about that when i was looking yeah. at the roster itself 
yeah, they there's there's a lot of good talent there. I think Japan, obviously, I think they're in the, the right now in the top thirty in FIFA rankings. Um, strong team, a lot of chemistry. Um, you know, you look at the guys on the team. Uh, two of them have over a hundred caps. Maya Yoshida, the Mm-hmm. center back who used to play in the premier league with Southampton. Yeah. yeah. Now in the Bundesliga. And then you have, uh, Yuto Nagatomo who plays for FC Tokyo, uh, 136 caps. Um, so yeah, it'll be a good test. It'll be a team. I think that'll pressure starting with Japan. I think they'll, they'll pressure the U S they're going to want to have possession, um, watching them in their games in the past. They love to have uh possession and really dictate that. Um, they have good star power on this team. Takumi Minamino, the former Liverpool mm-hmm. uh, forward mm-hmm. who's now with Monaco. He's kind of the go-to guy, 17 goals and 42 caps. Um, and then looking at some other guys on the team, um, you know, there's some guys uh, who don't have tons of caps with the, with the Japan national team, but they've had really good, you know, past seasons at club football. Uh, Dyson Maeda with Celtic. Uh, the one Kyogo guy. For, the one guy I'm really interested to see too with uh, Japan is Kubo. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen him play oh, too because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. on Real Madrid for a little bit. He's playing he for Sociedad right Sociedad. now. Sociedad. Yeah. He's an unbelievable dribbler of the ball. So I'd be curious to see how the U.S. kind of deal with something. Didn't they dub him the Little Messi or something that effect recently? A lot of people have been dubbed Little Messi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I figured he's the latest in the long line. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's only twenty one too. So yeah, he's, he's got a he's very talented, bright future ahead of him. He's actually yeah, he's tied for the uh, for the youngest player in the camp. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of uh, guys here. Um, you know, with good European experience, I think yeah, three of them play for Celtic. Um, Minamino plays for Monaco. Several of them play in the Bundesliga. So Tommy also um, also for Arsenal. Yeah, Tommy also Arsenal. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, man, it'll, I think Japan will be a tough test for them. Um, uh, again, like to own possession. The U.S. are a team that like to have possession as well. So it will be interesting to see if who will be doing the chasing uh, of the ball in, in that game because um, mm. it would be interesting a little bit. I think a good test for Burhalter and, and these guys to, you know, to, to see them under pressure and see them defensively. And I think when you look at Saudi Arabia, um, again, it, it's a lot of kind of unknown, right? Uh, a lot of guys, you know, we haven't really seen because again, they play domestically in, in the country, but a lot of guys that, um, you know, they've, they've like Japan, they've played a lot of games together. A lot mm. of these guys have over, you know, 30, 40, 50 uh, caps for the team. So I think uh, Saudi Arabia team that I think unlike Japan might be under a bit more pressure uh, than Japan. Um, but again, we'll try to make things hard, uh, you know, for the U S men's national team uh, offensively and try to bunker down. And, and we've seen that with the national team, they they've struggled to, at times uh, you know, they're not like Manchester City or, or <laughs> Liverpool. They're, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're 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 not either of those teams that can you know find a way to 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 get past the teams that bunker down. Yeah, I, it's going to be really interesting because, like you said, both both of these teams are not not slouches. I mean, no one in the World Cup is a slouch at the end of the day, right? But I think you'd have to look at both sides and say Japan. Not only to your point, Larry is is the more difficult of the opponents. But Japan's also probably looking at this saying the exact same thing that we're thinking right now, going that we are in an incredibly difficult group. I mean, as a refresher, Japan's in a group with Spain, Costa Rica, and Germany, arguably the group of death at this point. So I would imagine they're probably putting out their best lineup, knowing it's their best tune-up match at the moment against, I don't know who else they're playing. But in terms of the U.S. roster, are you looking at it the same way, saying if you're going to put out your – who in Greg's head is their starting 11 to really get him in sync in a really difficult match of the two? Are you thinking that you're going to see that in Japan or uh, you think you can experiment both games? I think you have to see that for the Japan game. You have to put as close to the 11 as you can. And then for those positions that Larry mentioned prior where like Musa's missing or Robinson's missing, that's where you tinker or maybe that center back spot, but everyone else that has to be that starting lineup in my opinion. Right. I think you see the full strength guys against Japan, because again, I think, you know, Japan top 30 team in the world. Um, good, obviously 
experienced players, a lot of guys that have played together before with the national team. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, again, you see that first team, first team squad against Japan. And then again, yeah, you start tinkering with the Saudi Arabia team. Cause I think, I know Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, you know, will be in the world cup. Um, but I do think a lot of the U S you know, backups can get, mm. get a result against that team. See, this is funny. I actually have the exact opposite opinion on this. I think your starter should be in, in Saudi Arabia. I think if you're going to play a difficult what? opponent, test out these guys against a team like Japan, where they're going to have to come up against it. The United States wants to go deep. I mean, that's, that's everyone wants to go deep, obviously. Right. But if you test these guys out against a stronger opponent like Japan and they physically cannot handle it, I think Greg knows right then and there he's not taking them to camp. And you give your starters a little bit more time in position, no no disrespect to Saudi Arabia, to start clicking going forward because obviously goals have been at a, a premium as of late. Um, and I think that gives the, the offense a little bit more of the ball, a little bit more time to figure out how to click more efficiently than it would playing them against a Japanese side. So are you opponent. talking about them building up confidence then? I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think you test your guys out the one, the French players against a stronger side and you have a better idea of whether or not they're not going to be able to uh, stand the pressure of the world cup because we're playing Wales and, and England and Iran, I believe Larry, they're, they're good or Mike if I'm wrong. didn't they yeah. win their respective uh, conference? This this time around, who's that? Wales? No, no Iran. Iran. Oh, Iran. Oh, Iran. Yeah, yeah. They did. Um, yeah, they they got in. They won the group. Yeah, yeah they're a good team. So I, I would actually prefer to see our rotational players get a run in against a stronger opponent. See if they're they're up to par. Yeah, I mean, we'll I, I get I get where you're coming from, but personally, I want to see those as close to the starting 11 as possible going against the Japanese team to see where we really stand. Cause I, Japan, Japan's a team that historically they teeter on that edge, similar to the U S where like they can get out of that knockout stage and they have the ability to really push the U S in that sense. And I think that'll be a really good barometer of where the U S actually is going to stand in the world cup and where we could actually potentially make a run. If we grind out like a one Oh win, I think that's a, a great result, obviously. If it's an ugly game, it is what it is, but it shows that our players have the ability and the mentality to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather that be from that close to 11 versus like a fringe team or like maybe the Japan game doesn't mean as much. And it's just Greg throwing on players that throw on players to test them out, see if they fit the system personally. Because yeah. if the roster is already 85% set, then yeah, we'll, I, I don't we'll see the reason of- for that. Speaking of system, we're, we're all, I think we're all in agreement here that the rotational player is going to come in and get a chance to make a mark for themselves. But do you think this is one last opportunity in Greg's mind to tinker with the system a little bit? Or do you think he knows what he wants to play? He knows what he wants to do, and he's going to stick to his game plan and see how the players um, adhere to that? Or do you think he's going to try, try maybe one or two final things before the World Cup? I think he might try one or two things. Um, exactly what? I don't know. Um, but I do think, yeah, like, we know how he wants to play. We know how he wants – they want to possess and create chances and own possession, um, obviously press when they don't have the ball. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how – it what a little things he does, whether it's, you know, playing with, you know, the three forwards, whether, whether it's, you know, doing anything else in the midfield, um, mm-hmm. you know, playing like a diamond or something. Um yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how it goes because it would be pretty interesting to see, you know, a lot of these guys are really versatile, like the Brendan Aronsons, the Giorenas, um, you know, the McKinney's. Um, I'm mm. curious to see how we, you know, he could try to tinker with that and come up with some new ideas because obviously, you know, when things aren't going well with the team and they're not able to score and score consistently, um, you know, we see it on social media, you know, a lot of the, the ideas that should come and, and uh, you know, the subs that should be made and, and all, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he, how it goes. Speaking of, I guess the, the midfield, this is something I wanted to touch on too. Personally, it's a, it's a champagne problem, right. To have, but we now have a potentially healthy Reina coming in. We have an Aronson firing at all cylinders and we obviously have that solid three of McKinney, Adams, and Musa, right? There's going to be an odd man out in this team. You can assume Pulisic is playing on the left. What do you do on that right wing? I'm curious. I feel like this is also, a, a if you're a Greg in this scenario, 
what do you do up top on that right wing? Who do you potentially bring in to help play those positions? Or who do you want to bring off the bench to be that like action Jackson type player to really make a difference and be an X factor? I mean, uh, looking at it, I think, like you said, I think Pulisic will be on the left side, um, but can play the midfield. But I think Mm -hmm. with the U S I think he's better suited at that left side. Um, I don't, it's tough because we don't see Aronson play a lot of like the right wing with leads. Um, Mm -hmm. We see him more in that pressing, uh, pressing as like a 10 uh, midfielder role. Um, but I, so I think Reyna has the edge in that sense, playing on the right side, because we've seen him do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a lot of good problems, I think, for Greg to have, because yeah, you can kind of over- overload a certain area or at least, you know, and, and I think wherever you put Aronson, if you put him at the kind of like the 10 role or, or um as like a kind of like playing underneath the forward, he's still going to be the guy, I think leading that, that press, right. He's still mm-hmm. going to be, I mean, that's just how he is. The guy's like, the guy's a live wire. Um, he's just going to make things happen. So um, yeah, it, it would have been great to have Musa here and see kind of everyone piece together. Um, and then obviously we can't forget Tim Weah. I mean, yeah. he's still probably going to be, yeah. uh, I think, I think if he's healthy, over the next month, I think, I think regardless of form, I think, I still think he's going to be there just because, you know, he's another winger and he's going to have the edge over a guy like, you know, on the roster over like Jordan Morris, um, just because, you know, he plays in better league and all. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it lines up, but I think Reyna will have, I think the, the edge at a right wing position compared to Aronson, whereas Aronson, I think will have more of an edge in that midfield role than Reyna. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I think McKenna, I think at this point, like regardless of the talent um, that Geo has, especially with injury concerns, I think McKenny just offers so much also energy the way Reina does, but a little bit more physicality that I think Greg's going to look for. And he's just been a stalwart there too. So I, I can't imagine that Geo is going to get the nod over McKenny at any point um, unless things drastically change through injury or something else. But so given all that, I mean, we know who we're playing. We got a group with Iran and, and England, and we know it's going to be incredibly difficult. But I think this is probably the best team the United States has had in a very long time. So where do you where do you guys see us finishing in this, in not only this group, but if we get past the group, how far, how far do we go? I think mm. looking at it right now, I mean, obviously England, I think has to be the favorite to win the group. Um, USA will be, you know, the, the, uh, I think they're going to get a lot of people betting on them, obviously to win the group, just because of the fact that, you know, this, the, just the, the amount of potential in the team, you know, if everyone's healthy, they're going to be obviously amped up for the England game uh, first and foremost, because obviously we've seen all the the tabloids in the newspapers and, and everything. And we know the mm-hmm. history of them, those two in the world cup. Um, but I think, uh, I think England will, edge the u.s the top of the group and i don't think that's a bad thing because um obviously you want to win the group and and you ask any of those guys they want to win the group but i think for this team to be back at a world cup to be back back in this type of competition after not being there for for a while now um i think it's just huge for them just to kind of get out of the group and i think they'll have that um that edge over uh wales and and iran uh i think that'll be the order england usa wales iran i think iran will make it tough for them in in that game but i think quality wise the us will just have too much and and wales is a toss-up because i mean you know i mean gareth bale gareth bale can't even score for lafc consistently so um that's not a knock to gareth bale it's just i think you know, Wales is in that situation now where, you know, who's going to be the leader of that team when Gareth Bale leaves. And I don't think they've obviously found that yet. They, they still have a lot of guys in the mix. I think Brennan Johnson's a, a, a huge a, guy. Yeah, great player. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Huge guy for them with Nottingham Forest. And it's going to have a great career, I think for Wales. Um, but uh, again, quality wise, I think uh, USA is a collective unit. will just have more than, than Wales. So, uh, and, and how far they go, obviously it'll be curious to see, because again, you, you 
finish second in the group, you're going to be playing probably, you know, a tougher team, um, you know, most of the time. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I think if I had to pick, I think it's, I think quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm definitely more of a negative Nancy on the U S not to say I don't love them and I love my country, but (laughs) I, I kind of get the feeling too, where I think England is going to run away with the group when it's all said and done. And the Wales U S debate is definitely a toss up, but there's something about Gareth Bale playing in Wales where he just saves all that juice you were just talking about where he's not performing for LAFC or whatever team. And he just throws it into the Welsh national team and turns into what he has been for the past decade. Right. Um, and I think the thought of a, a single-minded Gareth Bale running at like Anthony Robinson and maybe Walker Zimmerman kind of skip terrifies me enough to the point where I think he could be a game changer by himself uh, versus like the U S and the game that really matters there. And I think that the gives Wales the ability to just slightly edge out the United States, not because of like of overall squad depth or anything, but I think just as a one player can obviously change a game and he's that one player um, in, in my opinion. So. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the make or break game, you know, I mean, you lose against Wales, your, your, your chances of going through just absolutely plummet. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. If they go through, it's a group A first and second place. Um, and that's in a group with Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. So, I mean, you're probably figuring you're going to face either ne- Netherlands or Senegal. I don't necessarily like our chances against either of them. Sadio Mane terrifies me. But um, I think if you're going to play one of the two, you're hoping to play Senegal. But you never know. It could be another Rob Green moment from the, what was that, the 2010 World Cup? <laughs> Is that they drew 1 1? Yeah. 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 You yeah, never you know. Could- you could have a, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Brandon Aronson already pickpocketed Edward Mendy once. Yeah, that uh, hurt in the Premier League. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I forgot the Chelsea banners behind yeah. me. Do, do you think Ramsdale gets exposed in the World Cup <laughs> by Brendan by Brendan Aronson? Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe, man. I th- you know, it's funny is because I think England, uh, as much as the USA has questions, I think England has a lot of the exact same questions. Uh, maybe not at every of those same positions, but I mean, goalkeeper, uh, I mean, there's, it's like, there's it's like every camp I see, there's somebody kind of new in the mix. There's Ramsdale, uh, Pickford, Nick Pope, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dean Henderson, you know, who's going to be, uh, who's going to be in there. Uh, what form will Harry Kane be in at that time? Cause it's like kind of hot or cold. Um it's actually funny though. I, I saw the I didn't see I you know I, I haven't even seen the full England squad for their matches coming up. I love the fact that Ivan Tony is called up to the England national team. Yeah, he's he's a great player. He deserves it also. He's been playing. Yeah, very he's, well for I think Bradford. he's twenty six years old, twenty seven. Um, scored a bunch of goals for I think it was Peterborough and then obviously Brentford. Um, really cool. I think it was one point linked with MLS with the Red Bulls. Um, so uh, which is surprising uh, that 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 didn't really go anywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun to see. I, I'm already pumped up for the the world cup and and taking time off of work so i can sit in front of my tv for hours on that that's exactly (laughs) what i said look i'm I'm really not discounting our chances against england any first of all i know it's just it's it's a joke but any team with harry Maguire in it is is questionable (laughs) not to mention what you just mentioned oh jesus with the goalkeeper situation and the fact that trent alexander arnold will probably be the starter even though if i'm the national team manager i'm probably starting reese james they're defensively and and in net question marks. Like they're attacking firehouse, but like they're they're going to ship in goals now and again. I don't I don't put away the chances for Aronson and Pulisic and Reyna and McKenney to get a couple opportunities on net. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um. Yeah. McGuire's is a laugh that uh that yeah. he's still like the fact uh, he gets in the team is yeah, mind boggling. <laughs> It's, it's it's he's another phil jones man yeah he's uh but yeah it, it it'll be uh it'll be fun I, i'm like it's funny i was like when the draw came out i was piecing together all these matchups on the field like this person versus this person this person this. and it's like that might get thrown out of the window now because <laughs> you know most of these guys you know most of these england guys might not even be starting yep nice well 
we're just under what? We're about two months away now at this point. Just yeah, yeah just close to it. Holy uh, crap. today's the twenty first. Isn't that the first game for USA? I th- November twenty first. I think so because I think the opening day got moved to the twentieth. It did, yeah, because Qatar wanted to. They stupidly didn't <laughs> have their own days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different oh, different yeah. story. Yeah, <laughs> USA Wales November twenty first. We are officially two months away from the World Cup. What a time to be alive! Yep, awesome. I love I love looking up USA schedule on Google, and I and I already see uh, Concacaf Nations League March twenty twenty three. That's that's the re- that's the real game that matters. Granada <laughs> versus USA. Who's are we making a trip to Granada in March, gentlemen? Honestly, I could be down. It it depends. <laughs> depends how they do in the World Cup. But right. with that, um, unless there's anything else that we want to cover with the U.S., I think this has been a phenomenal show, um, but I want to make sure we take a moment to wrap up. Larry, before we jump off, where can people find you on Twitter, on YouTube, wherever you're posting content? So that way we can get the good word of Larry Henry out to the public. On Twitter, LHenry019, um, always down for conversations there. Uh, national team, uh, Premier League, all, all the good stuff. And then all my work can be written work can be found, SBI Soccer. Um, everyone's doing a, a great job over there, getting ready for the World Cup, getting ready for the friendlies coming up. So, um, and then uh, and then if you're down for any MLS Next content, I've been been helping out with MLS Next Pro. So, nice. um, I get to see Paxton Aronson score a goal uh, for Philadelphia Union too, um, every now and again. So uh, yeah, so SBI Soccer, MLS Next Pro, uh, and then on Twitter, L Henry zero one nine. Perfect. Awesome. And- if anyone didn't catch it, we'll have it in the uh, the comment section underneath. Cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining the show. Larry, as always, a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Leo, Larry. As you know, pleasure to have you as well. <laughs> for anybody who would like to take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe, listen to us again on iTunes, Spotify, give us a couple stars. We think we deserve it. We think we've been okay. <laughs> um, and give us some comments. We're open to feedback. Follow us on Twitter at the Screamers underscore pod. We'll be back soon with another episode. Um, Larry, as again, pleasure. We will catch up soon, closer to the World Cup. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it.